everybody. Welcome back to The Undiscovered You, a podcast for 20, 30, and 40-year-olds who feel like they have so much more to offer but are somehow stuck where they are. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnston, and this season, we're going to be speaking about and to some marvelous mentors. And I wanted to bring on somebody who's been a really interesting mentor in my life, Angela Blake. So Angela is somebody who I met here in the UK. She calls herself my token South African friend, and she has a degree in IT and computer science, uh, served as a business analyst for a while, and has also been a stay-at-home mom since about 2017 and doing some part-time work now. Now, the reason I wanted to bring Angela on is because we talk a lot about friends as mentors, and I'd like to just coin the term right now, friend tour. It is not the best word. I recognize that, but I'm absolutely going to coin the term friend tour and call Angela my friend tour. So Angela, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. So Angela, I just want to kind of step back a little bit and I want to talk about your kind of work experience and what led you to ultimately stepping back from work for a bit and being a stay-at-home mom. So can you kind of talk me through how that all worked for you? Yeah, so I graduated in South Africa and then came to the UK shortly after that to, uh, you know, live the, live the London dream and do the traveling thing. Um, and the initial um, plan was for it to be, I think, three or four years. And 16 years later, I'm sitting looking out of my uh, window in London still. So <laughs> that's always <laughs> that's the how, case. It sucks yes. you in. It sucks you exactly. in. You can't get out. So, um, uh, yeah, so just, you know, got a job and, and one thing led to another and, you know, one job led to another and then got married and had kids. And of course, the, the um, UK is really good with the maternity benefits uh, in terms of time off. You get a whole year off. And so when I had my first daughter, I had a year off. Um, and then also in the UK is pretty good with offering the flexible working when you get returned from maternity leave. So I went back part-time after I had my first daughter. And uh, soon after that, I was pregnant with my second daughter. <laughs> so I had another time, uh, some time off again. Um, and during that time, my husband was actually transferred to Singapore for his uh, work. So we went to to Singapore. Just kind of walking, walking us through this. You guys are in Singapore. Yeah. You have two kids there. And are you working at this point? Yeah, so for the first year, uh, I did not work, but Singapore is quite pricey, quite a pricey place to live. So we realized we needed a second salary for the family. So at that point, I went back to work. Uh, actually, I got in, in touch with one of the companies I had worked for in the UK. Uh, uh, well, I was still friends with my ex-boss who uh, was now in Australia. And she uh, got me in touch with the Singapore offices and, and I ended up getting a job there again with the same company. And I worked there for two years. So, yeah, I just did what I had to do uh, to, to keep things ticking along. Um, as a family, we like to travel quite a lot. So uh, while, whilst we were in the East, we wanted to travel as much as we could. So, yeah, that was, you know, just do what we had to do. And then. Uh, shortly after that, two, well, I worked for two years there, uh, at which time I had another baby. <laughs> There's a trend here. And uh, <laughs> after that, 
we were transferred back to the UK again it's my husband's job so that's how I've kind of gone full circle and come back here but uh, during that time I mean I, I say I've swapped and changed quite a bit I've been made redundant uh, twice from different roles during that time um, both times it was quite convenient timing <laughs> I dare say it actually worked in my favor both times so uh, it wasn't a traumatic event, but uh, yeah, that's just, I guess, a summary of, of my last 10 years. It's quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot. And I think one of the things I want to pull out from there is, first of all, your attitude towards those redundancies. I think that's something just to kind of, as, as for our listeners, when something happens in your life, like you're made redundant, it is it can be quite shocking. And I know that for you, it was good timing and it worked well for you. But it's also, how do you approach that redundancy? How do you approach that, you know, all of a sudden you're told by somebody that the entire business is getting sold? What is your mindset around that? And this is one of the things I want to tease out with you a bit is your mindset in things I often find to be what makes you my mentor. So my friend tour. <laughs> so <laughs> when, when we sit down to talk about something, what I love is the way that you challenge me on, is this matching up with your values? You know, is this what you want to do? What are you giving up to do that? And what I'm interested in is, you know, that came from somewhere. And I know you have some kind of specific views about working for corporates and that kind of thing. And I wondered if you'd be willing to share a bit about that with our listeners. Sure. So hopefully none of my uh, past employers or future employers will be listening to this. <laughs> But I, I really don't enjoy the corporate environment. Um, obviously, in London, uh, it's it's majority corporate, and you know I've trained in IT and things like that. So uh, it's just easy um, to get into corporate, uh, to get so easy to get stuck in corporate uh, in the corporate world because that's just I mean what I studied lends itself to that. And I often think to myself, if I could study again, I mean I know I could always study again, but you know, my 18-year-old self, I don't know, I wouldn't choose IT, first of all. Um, I don't know why I did choose it. It was just, I don't know what, it was quite a popular thing at the time. It was 1999 and, you know, the whole world was supposed to crash in 2000. So you were always guaranteed a job and <laughs> all that. Anyway, it, it's a nice field, but it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's my passion. Um, so... Sorry, again, just keep me on track. What is, Absolutely. What was, so, what so coming, <laughs> coming back, we're talking about being in corporates and working in corporates and sort of your reasoning for why you don't have that affinity for corporates. Right. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't know why I don't have an affinity for corporate. So many people seem to love it. They love going to the office. They love getting dressed up and doing all this business stuff. And I just don't know. There's something... I don't know, maybe I'm a farm girl at heart. My family, my <laughs> older generations of my family were farmers. So, um, I mean, I like the city and I like London and I like the nightlife and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, the whole corporate environment, I just found it quite uh, fake and uh, obviously a little bit pretentious, that kind of thing. I was often in the sales environment where it's all about the talk and it's often, you know, lies and mistruths and things like that. And I just, uh, I didn't like that at all. Um, that said, it's, it's taught me a lot in terms of skills. Um, when people talk, I can, I can just see the lies. <laughs> it's almost like a subtitle. This is a lie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can 
read people quite well. I think uh, the, the corporate environments ta taught me that. Um, so yeah, it just didn't go well with my personality. I think I like to be honest. Um, I like to be, uh, well, I think I do see, I don't know, maybe when you talk about my take on things, I always see, I only see the positive in things. It has to be really, really, really super bad for me to see anything negative. Like when you talk about being made redundant, I was like, I often refer to that as the best two days of my corporate life is being made redundant <laughs> twice from the same <laughs> company, I might add. <laughs> Which must be some kind of record. They keep having me back. Yeah, we talk know. a lot. We talk a lot on the show about kind of aligning to your values and recognizing what is it that you want to achieve. So, you know, we've had a guest that talked about kind of what's your story? What do you want your story to be at the end? And to me, it sounds a lot like what you were doing didn't match up with your values from my perspective. And maybe the corporate environment doesn't necessarily lend itself to the things that you value. But I would just want to dive into that a little bit. So from your perspective, what do you value? Kind of what do you put first in your life? In this order, family, friends, and fun. Well, yeah, maybe fun first. <laughs> fun with family <laughs> and friends. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I like, I mean, it's such a such a cheesy phrase just to making making memories, you know, I I don't care about stuff. I don't care about material things. I don't care about brands and and uh, titles and, uh, you know, things like that a lot of people seem to care about. But then also I, I wonder if they really do care about it genuinely or if they're caught in this, uh, I don't know, trap of of thinking they need to to be to have some title or have some handbag or have some whatever to be successful or ambitious you know people seem to and and I think women especially these days think they need to be have a title or have a I don't know something to show to be successful something physical or tangible um and I don't know I don't see it that way what always if someone says oh you're not ambitious and I have some brutally honest family. <laughs> Why aren't you ambitious? And I said, well, what is ambitious? Just because I don't want to be the CEO. Why does that make me not ambitious? You know, maybe I want to, I want to be the best friend and best fam. Not that it's a competition. I'm also not competitive. That's something you should put to my, my uh, list of attributes. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's a funny one. It's a tricky personality i think different yeah, <laughs> to, that, live that, that, no, <laughs> to live with that one no to live with we'll speak to your husband about that one yeah, yeah, yeah yes. he's on our next episode <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no I, what i wanted to do kind of uh, that this is exactly why i wanted you on the show because that perspective to me is refreshing and i love it and part of that is you know these mental traps that we get into about prestige and status and you know, having the next thing and keeping up with the Joneses and competing with that person at work, you get so wrapped up in that. And then you have this focus where you're driving forward and you're trying to get to this place, but actually stop and think about that for a second. What are you doing? Mm. What are you aiming for? You know, what do you want? What is that end goal? We talk about, you know, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want your story to be? 
And if actually what you are driven by is you're driven by power and prestige and having things, fine, recognize about that, recognize that about yourself and push forward with it. But if you are pushing forward with that because everyone else is mm. driving towards that, that's not that's not a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah, and we've seen it recently just in my family as well with um, my husband worked for a corporate for 16 years and mm. he was supposed to be this most valued member and he was always getting these awards, valued, you know, voted person, whatever. And um, they just made him redundant too mm. <laughs> after mm -hmm. 16 years. Mm. And uh, he, he was very much, you know, pro, uh, you know, he loved his company and, did his best and and the, the thing with corporates is what well, work in general you a person gives you really do give the best years of your life to them and then um you know when you when you leave or when they make you redundant they <laughs> they uh you know they just replace you and you go oh i've given my whole life and now you're nothing when you leave you know i don't know that's a bit of a morbid take on it <laughs> no but it's true i mean i always use the example that if you walked out of your office you got hit by a bus you'd be replaced immediately like the door wouldn't even close mm. and you'd be replaced and that doesn't matter how senior you are that doesn't matter how unique you are you know obviously you could say if you're if you're an entertainer and you're adele and you get hit by mm -hmm. a bus there's not going to be another adele immediately but there will be another star there will be another starlet there will be yep. somebody else who has oh look it's like adele reincarnated you know so you will be replaced. We are all replaceable, but the only people that we are not replaceable to is our friends and our family. And I think if yeah. you if you can grab that concept and just recognize that the sacrifices you're making, the things that you're doing have an impact on that and ensuring that that aligns with your values, that's that's what I'm challenging the listeners for. And that's that's what I love that you challenge me on as my friend tour. You constantly challenge me on that. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm also, I'm very aware that my views on corporate, and I mean, I say I'm a positive person. I, I realize that my views on corporate is quite negative. It has a negative spin. And it's, I don't know, it's not even because I've had, I mean, I've, like I said, I've been made redundant, but they weren't bad experiences. And when I was working, I did. I didn't not enjoy it. I know that's a double negative, take it as you will, as you will but <laughs> um, I did. I, I, I enjoy anything I do. And I, I also, I think uh, uh, what makes it confusing to be me <laughs> is that I can't, I call it, the, what's the expression? Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. uh, there's lots of things I can do that I don't, I'm not super passionate about any of them. I enjoy everything and that does make it tricky so maybe i mean i can't see it from someone who's super passionate about being the top leader ceo whatever because i i don't understand that how can you only want to do one thing or how can you only yeah i don't i don't get it how can you be so passionate about one thing yeah and and that's that's the, that's again different personalities different people different drivers mm. but I think if you are someone who is very driven by doing that leadership and we need leaders, like we need people to lead corporate. Yes, so fabulous to have those people out there. And if that's you and you're listening, please continue on that journey and, you know, strive for what you want to strive for. But my challenge to you is just make sure you recognize along the way what you're giving up. Cause we constantly talk about if you're running down the wrong road, you're going to get somewhere, but it might not be where you want to be. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and also I think the ultimate, or what I always ask you again now, like I said, my husband is looking for a new job and it's got a couple of things in the pipelines, but there was a choice this week and and he, there were two that he was choosing from and uh, I said to him, ultimately, it's, yeah, of course we've got to weigh up because there's real life and there's bills to pay and I mean, that's the reality. But um, I said, the one, you know, naturally you tend to go for the one with more money. And I said, but will that job make you happy? And the answer is no. So I said, take the other job because mm. it, you can't, what, you know, money, you can make other sacrifices to make up the the deficits. But the, the ultimate question is always, but does it make you happy for me in making decisions? I'm a very bad decision maker. Kimberly knows that about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to phone her. What should I choose? I'm a very quick decision maker, so that's I can be I can be your friend tour for decision making. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so I think one of the one of the things I just want to draw out there is is that big question of what is it that makes you happy? We talk about what is it that makes your heart sing, and I can't I can't understate that. Actually, is you know obviously I, I want to point out that there are people that are in different circumstances who may be listening to this who you know, lost their jobs during COVID or, you know, have been made redundant a long time ago and are looking for roles. And, you know, you're at the place where you've actually torn through any savings you had. If you had savings, you've had to sell things, you're possibly thinking about moving back in with parents or family members. And, you know, you're in a very different situation than potentially people that that have a bit of savings and are looking for new roles. So I know that there's going to be a wide breadth of listeners here. And just to be clear, if you have to go and work somewhere that you hate because you need to pay bills, go and do that. Learn something from it, as we've talked about in in other things, and try to find that next opportunity by using your network, using people who are doing the things that you want to do in life. And um, I just want to just take that second, take that beat to say, if you're stuck in a job because you have to pay your bills, we recognize that that's a very different thing. But if you're stuck, stuck in a job and you actually are not making the jump because you are focusing on a lifestyle, because you want to have that handbag, because you want to have the prestige of the title, but in fact, you're miserable in that job. Take a step back, figure out what's important to you, work out what makes you happy and think about going and doing that and just taking that leap of faith and going. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I mean, I've been in, I've been in both those circumstances. I've been, in a place where I had to work because we had to pay the bills. Um, at, at that time, I re- it really was the last thing I wanted in a foreign country. I knew no one. I knew, you know, very different culture and all that kind of thing. But I did what I had to do. Um, and, I mean, it wasn't so bad. It, it was quite nice. But it, it's not what I wanted at the time. It didn't make me happy was the truth. And, um, and I'm also now in a fortunate position where I am able to do, I'm doing bits and pieces of part-time work because I want to, and, and I like it. And, um, but again, I realize and fully recognize I'm in a fortunate position where it's just uh, extra savings that it's not because I have to, it's because I want to. So there's a big difference. And I, and I do, and I, I know, um, my views and stuff it's uh, you know it's not everyone's reality so yeah I recognize that and actually I want to I wanted to step back and have you share a story with the listeners about a time so (coughs) recently we were driving around a corner and you saw a flat um, in the top corner of this building of flats and you said we almost bought that flat 
but you did yeah. it. Would you, can you just tell our listeners a bit about that story? So this is sort of, <laughs> this is, I would absolutely aim this towards people who are not parents yet, or maybe have yes. maybe oh, yes. on maternity leave or, you know, somebody who you're in that place of life where you've got your job, you're paying your bills, you're thinking about your next steps and stuff. And you have freedom. You have freedom that you're not tied mm. down for caring responsibilities for parents, for siblings, for you know children, etc. And I just please share the story because I love the story. Yes, this was definitely a life-defining moment for us. Quite newly married, I think about a year, and we were looking to buy our first flat. Um, uh, my husband had a flat from uh, before, and we were going to sell that, and we we're going to buy our first flat together. And it was quite far down the sale process, but in the end, I fell through. I think for some reason, maybe someone outbid us. I can't remember. But instead of looking for another flat, we and I don't know how we even came up with this. We sometimes have crazy ideas. <laughs> And uh, we decided to go traveling instead. So we took the money that we were going to have for the deposit of a flat. And it was a decent deposit at the time um, for a flat of its kind. And we went traveling instead. And we chose to go to South America for six months. Uh, just the two of us backpacking. Yeah. And that was definitely a defining moment. So we didn't have the flat. And it's actually now we've ended up back in the same sort of neighborhood. And we drive past that flat often. And we always have the discussion what if imagine we had bought that flat how different life would be uh, or how differently things could have turned out or I wonder how it would have turned out but it, it, that said we wouldn't change that experience that we had of, of traveling for the world we learned so much uh, about ourselves and just about people and um, that kind of thing while we were traveling and and I mean we did rough it we go to we like to go to off the beaten track kind of places and trying to avoid the the main touristy things uh, where possible um so we had a wonderful wonderful experience but yeah that's uh so for, when i talk about i'm a bit of a contradiction i realize in listening to myself <laughs> i'm a big contradiction unto myself but sometimes like I, say, I can't i can't decide what loaf of bread to buy because there's too much variety in the uk but <laughs> i decisions like that were somehow simple we just something clicked and we're like yep let's spend this large sum of money on giving up everything giving up our jobs giving up uh, well the flat that we had at the time and and going and we did that and that was somehow in a simple decision so funny that yeah what yes. I think one thing's really interesting is you know you can even see that as you invested in your marriage and I know that sounds quite cheesy but you took the money that you were going to invest in this kind of financially secure future of having a flat, being on the property ladder, you know, keeping these jobs, moving forward in your career. And actually having those six months traveling around, I imagine, was an investment in your relationship as a newly married couple. And you had these experiences, as you say, those are that's a time you're never gonna have again. And even if in Absolutely. retirement, you're you're too old. You can't no but in worries. retirement, you cannot sleep on a hammock. You need a bed. No. Your back's killing you. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Forget retirement. 40s yeah. coming, people. 40s coming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's absolutely true. And I think that's that's the challenge for the listeners is when you're at home and, you know, COVID obviously aside because that was just, I mean, man, what a time. But, you know, 
you're sitting there and you're trying to decide, do we take the time to go and do go visit this person? Or, you know, I've always wanted to see this place, or I've always wanted to travel there. It's like, pick up sticks and go do it. Spend the Mm -hmm. money if you have the money and go have that experience because life is short and whatever the day-to-day grind that you're doing, it's going to be there when you get back. And that's kind of that, that to me is your joie de vivre, the way that you see things, your perspective, your desire to (laughs) (laughs) Um, joy of life. So that kind of that, you know, the, the joy that you find in life, the, the way that you approach things, the way that you have this priority of spending time with friends and family. And, um, and it's just, I feel like your priorities are amazing. And I feel like that's kind of why you are my friend tour, because you help me to step back, get out of the rat race, get out of that thinking trap, that thinking cycle that I can get into around corporates, corporate life, climbing that ladder, the proverbial ladder. Um, and and you tell, help me to take a step back and get perspective. So that's why I want to have you on the show. And that's why I wanted to say thank you for being my friend tour. <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. Saving the world one uh, one corporate at a time. <laughs> one overachiever at a time. <laughs> um, I was also laughing about you saying you're not competitive unless you're playing darts. And no, you're not competitive, but you still want to win. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't though, did I? No. You well, me, no. you won. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, did I? Thanks for bringing that one up. Um, so <laughs> we have to, I, we're, we're very sadly coming to, to time here, but I do have to ask you um, our two questions that we ask every single one of our guests and Mm. first one is kind of along this journey along your life um you know you've you've shared with us quite a bit about some discoveries that you've made but what's something that you've discovered about yourself this is called the undiscovered you so what was it that you discovered about yourself along the way hmm that's a tricky one I think we we learn things about ourselves sometimes we don't like what we learn about ourselves (laughs) along the way but you know it is what it is and I think it's it's important to to own it what you do learn about yourself because I think what I've learned about myself the most is that you absolutely are who you are and fundamental the fundamentals just simply cannot be changed so you need to uh, learn to live with yourself this sounds terrible but um uh, yeah just to adapt I think I've uh, actually let me answer that more concisely I always thought I wasn't good with change changes I've always my husband teases me that I don't uh, well it's only because he changes the tv remote control and the whole half hour system every month it feels like (laughs) anyway the small changes like that I don't like because I've once I've mastered it, I like to, you know, know how to use remote control. And then when it changes every month, I get frustrated. Anyway, what I've learned about myself <laughs> is that I'm actually not too bad with changes in having conversations like this. And I realize I've had quite a lot of big changes in my life, probably more so than than um, many people have in their whole life. And I mean, it's not a, it's not a competition, but it's just how my life has turned out and uh, you know chopping and changing jobs moving countries moving houses constantly buying and selling and um you know having kids those are all big changes and I've I do feel like looking back I've actually just rolled with it and and been fun and adapted so yeah I think uh, I've, I've, I've learned that I actually don't mind change after all and change is often 
good in retrospect. <laughs> so one of the final questions I have for you is what is the best piece of advice you have ever received or given to someone or seen on a well-organized whiteboard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't write advice on my whiteboard. Kimberly's teasing me because my entire life is on a uh, whiteboard stuck on the back of my kitchen door. And um, I don't not don't believe in, I, I prefer not to have digital diaries and online calendars and things like that. So anytime anyone asks me, can you do something? I have to check the whiteboard. <laughs> and if it's not on the whiteboard, it's not happening. It's not on the whiteboard, it doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but anyway, advice. Um, uh, I would say, actually, the advice, and this this is from a guy in South America when we were traveling, and we were literally in the middle of the Amazon jungle eating rice off a banana leaf. Um, in the Amazing. Yeah, literally in the middle of the jungle. I've actually got a photograph. And there was this guy, you know, we were chatting. He was from Sweden, I think, and he was telling um, oh, just tales of where he'd been and what he'd done and, and whatever. And I looked at it, I said, but you're like... We were about 27 when we traveled and we were some of the older, some of the older crowd. <laughs> um, and he was like 21 or something. He said, how have you done so much? You're so young. You've done so many things and he'd been all over the place. And he said, I've taken, I took every opportunity that I was given. Mm. So I quite like that. And if you take every opportunity that you're given, every, like just say yes to everything. Well, obviously within reason. Um, it, you can have a lot of wonderful, wonderful experiences and um, yeah. And, and you get taken to places where you never thought you'd be like, again, I mean, we could have bought a house, we could have gone traveling and yeah, often taking the, the less, less, um, less a traveled road. Is that the expression? The That's path it. less traveled is, is a good, good choice. Because if it doesn't work out, the path more traveled will always be there. Mm. You can always go back. And that's, I think that's such an important point is you can always go back. And I had a, I had a mentor uh, who, who was actually on the series who told me, you know, what is the risk really? So when you're trying to make that leap, what is the real risk? Is it just mm -hmm. fear? You know, cause actually unpack it and say, you know, my, my fear is, you know, not having a job, not being able to pay the mortgage, not being able to, you know, put food on the table for the kids and myself, um, my husband as well. He's involved. And he does eat. He does eat. He does eat from time to time. You know, but he could pay for his own food probably. But yeah. uh, you know, so kind of that's my big fear. But his whole point is, you're a well-educated woman with a really good network. Why do you think that you're going to end up, you know? homeless without a job and, you know, and, and not being able to feed the kids, mm. you know, and, and you have a support network as well. And again, just to be completely clear for people who are listening, who don't have a support network, who don't have any kind of a network and somehow have stumbled on this podcast, you know, <laughs> this, is, I'm, uh, this is not, this is not advice, obviously that, that works for every single person, but still, even in those situations, you can take advantage of opportunities when they come and saying yes to something that puts you outside of your comfort zone can sometimes give you the most amazing experience ever. Absolutely. So don't Every, be almost to say yes. without fail. It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, on that, um, 
trip we met a guy who <laughs> he went traveling and I think he had been there for 10 years he just never went back <laughs> he never went home I think he was from Australia or New Zealand um, and he works now in Bolivia doing all sorts of crazy things and living mm. his best life so you know you you, you take a opportunity or you take a leap of faith sometimes and uh, it leads to things that you could never have imagined and could never have planned or or yeah could never have dreamed up so yeah and also just just yeah I'll go for it and I, I think in general just uh be happy yeah I think sure. that's fab, Angela. And this is why this is why I love hanging out with you. You help me put things in perspective. <laughs> you help me to not take myself too seriously. Yeah, yeah I realize it's not everyone's cup of tea. And there's, uh, you know, we do need serious people in the world. So, so you all go on being serious so that I can just not. <laughs> I think, but you said earlier, as you said, work out, work out who you are, and make sure that you're doing the things that make you happy. Yeah. And if being being serious and being on the corporate and working your way up to being CEO is what makes you happy, then go do that. But just make yeah. sure it is what makes you happy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I often think um, looking at my kids now, and I think for one of my birthdays, my parents pulled out one of my kindergarten age school reports and where the teacher describes what you like doing and, and what, you know, how you, how you spend your days and stuff. And, you know, in all good, in good cases, children are, children do what they want to do and what makes them happy. Mm. Um, and again, I've got three kids. They're all vastly different from each other. They all spend their time doing different things and loving what they do. And I think I must jot down what they're doing because when it comes time to when they're choosing careers and, and things like that, uh, like my first daughter, for example, she loves her art, drawing, designing, and she's very pre precise and likes to measure everything but like her mother and <laughs> whiteboard. She has a and small whiteboard in her room. Exactly. She, she literally does. So, you know, when it comes time for her to choose her career, for example, I'm not going to tell her, I'm not going to advise her, I would strongly advise her not to go into something like, I don't know, well, corporate for one thing. She would very much, I think, be good at and enjoy and love and be happy in a something like, I don't know, you know, designing and and maybe something like architecture, interior design, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm. So try and remember who you were when you were a child or a young person doing what you wanted to do, not what you thought you had to do to be successful or to be happy. I think that's, yeah, I think that's definitely something I want to do for my children try and remember who or what they like when they were little and what made them happy because I do believe that is who you fundamentally are um you don't change I wonder what I'm supposed to do about my my free spirit daughter who rips all of her clothes off and runs naked around the garden I'm not exactly what? sure that that's your career has like, come to career mind choice. Uh... I know exactly. <laughs> not career choices that I'm going to be necessarily offering up when not... she's a bit older no no <laughs> No, that's, that's, I think that's, I think that's amazing advice. And absolutely looking, looking at those things that really make you happy. And it's never too late. You know, you joked that you, know, you got a degree too. and if you went back, you know, but it is never too late. And I think as you, as you start to approach 40, I think you start to recognize this is a pivotal time in my life. This is a time when I can make a huge career change and still have a separate career and still do something very different. And using all those things that you recognize are your superpowers, all those things that, you recognize just make your heart sing that you're really good at that you know when people do it you get emails you get texts from people being like that was awesome you know i loved that presentation or 
wow, the way that you explained that data was incredible. You know, whatever it is that you are amazing at, find that and make sure that you're doing that for the rest of your life because uh, life's short and mm. be happy. Go do something that's going to make happy. you happy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, this has been fabulous, Angela. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for Thank helping us. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Absolutely. Closing this was out a our new experience for me too. This what, was oh, a is new this your first podcast? Yeah. You see, I said yes. <laughs> Very good. You said yes. Perfect example of living your advice. Angela, it was so great to have you on the show. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us this week. Join us next week as we speak to Alex Wallahan Black all about being a marvelous mentee. It's going to be our last episode in this season of Marvelous Mentors. So do take some time to come back and join us.